You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a great way to get a taste of what it's like to work with me one-on-one, but they're also a fascinating peek into the brain and business of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their experience, their stories on the podcast, and I have so much respect for each of them. If you would like my help with your teaching or your yoga business, I'd love to connect with you. You can find out more about my paid strategy sessions at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. You can also get peer help from other listeners on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, go to teachingyoga.net slash join. You can pause and do that right now so you don't forget. And when you get back, we'll jump right into today's call. Let's start just by having you tell me a little bit about yourself. I know I read through the intake form that you took, but I'd love to hear it again in your own words. Sure, definitely. Um, so I've been yoga certified since 2015. Um, went for or through Core Power, more of like a fast-paced vinyasa. And so I currently have been teaching at my studio for almost a year. Been teaching yoga for about two years. I started just doing volunteer. Um, and then I work full time at an advertising agency as well, doing digital marketing. So I'm actually here right now. So got the best of both worlds. <laughs> so have you used your digital marketing knowledge at all in promoting your yoga business? Yeah, I'm actually just starting to quite a bit. Um, the studio I work at was thrilled when they found out I had this background. So they've um, I've been doing all their campaigns, and then personally, I've been starting to kind of ramp up my awareness towards me and stuff. So that's been kind of fun to do, but I definitely want to start doing it more for sure. Okay. So tell me what you would most like to get out of our time together today. Yeah. Um, I think some of the question or the one question that I asked, I think would be really beneficial. Um, it's been getting to me a lot, just like the transition, um, into becoming a yoga student to a yoga teacher and how it's kind of lonely. Um, and just, I don't know how to get navigate through that. It's just been so confusing. Like my own practice is suffering. And... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. What has changed? Will you describe a little bit to me, your experience, what has changed from being a student to being a teacher? Yeah, definitely. So being a student, I don't know, yoga was so new and fun when I first started and it was like so inspiring, like I was saying earlier. And then when I'm the teacher now, I just feel like I'm supposed to always have that inspiration and it's hard to like always get that or like figure out how to get that inspiration back. Cause I feel like it reminds me of like when a singer, like comes out with an awesome first album and everyone loves it and then they get rich and then all of a sudden it's like their songs aren't relatable anymore like you know what I mean I don't know yeah yeah like I feel like that happens to a lot of people so now I'm just like trying to figure out a good and I'm so glad I found you because you give really good um, like resources and like themes and tips and stuff but I just don't know how to like stay on top of my game especially when I do work nine to five in digital marketing So are you saying that when you became a yoga teacher you replaced the classes that you were taking with classes that you were teaching? Yes. Ouch. 
I know. I don't <laughs> get to practice as, as much. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How many classes a week do you teach? Um, I teach three currently. Okay. And what does your home practice look like? Um, it doesn't look like anything. <laughs> okay. Fortunately. Yeah. So are you practicing while you teach? Usually, yes. Okay. All right. It is imperative as a teacher to always be a student. You really cannot be a yoga teacher first and foremost. So you want to think of yourself as a student, a yoga student now and forever, primary to being a yoga teacher. Okay. It's not a good idea to never have your own time to be a student. That is that it makes complete sense to me that you would start feeling really lost and lonely because in order for you to share from your cup with your students, you have to get that cup filled. Mm -hmm. Practicing yoga with your class while you're teaching is a different thing than having a practice. And it's a different thing than having a teacher, obviously. <laughs> right. So both of those things are important. It's important to fill your cup by through connection with other teachers and, and taking classes from other teachers and looking at others as your teacher. And it's also important to fill your cup by alone practice where you are not having to hold space for anybody else but yourself. Okay. Sometimes that means cutting back on teaching. You know, if you teach a full-time job and you have other responsibilities and you just don't have the bandwidth in your life for doing your own practice and taking classes or workshops or trainings and teaching, that you, you know, you could let go of some of those classes. But sometimes it just means reorganizing your life in a way that is in line with your priorities, right? So what we have time for in our lives is, is very much based on what we care about and what our priorities are. And sometimes, sometimes that's not the case because there's a misalignment, right? Mm -hmm. There's our priorities that we truly believe in. And then somehow we've let other people set our priorities for us with how we spend our time. If you go back to what is most important to me, then you can start to make shifts with your time. So for example, you have kids? No. Okay. So that simplifies things a good bit because <laughs> having little ones who are need, need you 24 seven really, really puts a damper on that whole process of figuring out, okay, what's important to me and how do I make my life match that? Right. But as a, so as an adult, are you partnered? Uh, yeah, I have a boyfriend. And you live together? Yep, we have a house. How important is yoga to you in the scheme of things? Um, putting it into percent, percentage-wise, I'd say probably 80% <laughs> more than, I don't know. I know I can use my like digital marketing and my yoga together though, which is like the end game. Mm -hmm. But yoga is definitely one of my top priorities, top three for sure. But it's not a top priority over having a roof over your head. Oh, true. Yeah. Basic. <laughs> not basic level. But, but yeah. what I'm hearing you say is it beyond basic needs, it feels very, very important to you. Correct. Okay. 
What time do you have to be at work in the morning? Um, usually around 8.30. Okay. What time do you get up? Um, uh, seven. Okay. Are there any barriers to you getting up at six and practicing for an hour before your normal time would be? No, I think that'd be a great idea. I think that one change will change everything for you as far as your level of inspiration for your teaching. Okay. What's your class schedule? Um, well, so Monday mornings at six, six o'clock and then uh, Wednesday evenings. Okay. Yep. So Mondays you, you can't get up at six and practice because you're teaching at six. Yeah. Okay. Wednesdays at six um, at, um, Wednesdays at five and then seven. Five and seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you could definitely fit at least one class a week in there to yeah. take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And on the Mondays that you teach, what time do you get up? Um, usually five. I have to drive a little wise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mondays will probably work better after work. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if it were me and I had to work and you were, you know, you're on a, on a schedule, I would be, I, I wouldn't want to teach if I didn't have it early in the morning, if I didn't have a chance to practice first. Yeah. So if there was a class to let go, I would let that one go. Okay. Um, if you, you know, if you're at that point and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to create a life that's, that centers my yoga practice. Yeah. I would let that one go and and practice at 6 a.m. instead. Okay. I like it. And then, you know, you Wednesdays, by the time you've had three days in a row of practicing by yourself in the morning, I think you'll be super pumped for sure. those classes Wednesday night. Okay. I like it. That kind of addresses the inspiration side. It doesn't necessarily address the loneliness side. Mm-hmm. So perhaps if you also make a point of attending at least one class a week, that might shift the loneliness piece. Okay. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah. I think that'd be great. How long do you practice in the morning? Just a side note. Like how long is your self-practice usually? It's about 30, 45 minutes on the regular. Okay. Yeah. Good amount. Um, if I were, if I were teaching, Later that day, I would make sure to get at least an hour. Okay. like it. But, you know, so you give yourself, if you get up at six and do it at six, then you really give yourself a lot of flexibility with that. Right. Yeah. And you give yourself time to do both physical yoga and also meditation. So what was, I, I know that you had a couple other questions. Yeah. So my other one was um, teaching in different environments, like like from studio to gym to like one-on-one um, -on -one teaching, volunteer teaching, just kind of like the difference. And Okay. There's two differences. When you say the word environment, then that speaks to the space. And the space is, it's about the container. So one of the things that's a plus about teaching at a yoga studio is that they have, in general, they've done everything they can to create a really strong container for the practice. Mm -hmm. 
not a lot of outside noises, a clean space, a warm space, nice lighting, all of these things. Mm -hmm. So if you teach it a gym, the container starts to get some holes in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for example, it could be cold because they're, they've got the space heated for the Zumba class that's next. Or there might not even be a door that closes. People might walk in and out. There might be big mirrors. Um, so there's lots of different things. Same, like, so if you teach in a community center, it might be the same thing. It might not be super clean. There might not be that many props. As far as a container goes, in general, yoga studios are really well set up. And so when you look at different places that you could teach, that's one consideration because there might be a community center that just happens to have like a meditation hall that's mm -hmm. totally set up to be a perfect container. So I would think of it in terms of container. And then the other side is students, the, the you know, the population. The yoga studio, each studio is going to attract a slightly different crowd. So some of mm -hmm. them might attract an older crowd or people with more money or maybe a young crowd. But in general, the yoga studios are going to attract people who are a little bit more experienced with yoga. The gyms and the community centers and some other places that you might teach, um, it, it, it depends on the population or it depends on the the place itself, but generally they're going to attract people who are newer to yoga. One is not better than the other. Sometimes, sometimes if you teach a population that has been exposed to a lot of yoga, especially when they've been exposed to a lot of yoga asana specifically, they can have a lot of opinions, <laughs> you know, <laughs> about what they want and what they want from you, and what they expect from you. Whereas when you teach people who are new, frequently and wonderfully, they can be incredibly open to whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're offering. So those are the two kind of factors that I would look at for different environments. And if you have any more specific questions, did that answer your question? Um, it did um, to a certain extent. Um, I'm kind of curious on like teaching like the benefits, like I'm starting to teach corporate yoga at my agency currently. And then I'm also um, thinking about getting into like teaching one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think I'm more like interested in like that dynamic. Cause I know like you get paid the most probably when you do like one-on-one, -on -one, but like corporate yoga has its own struggles, but it could pay out. There's no like overhead with like a studio as a teacher. So just kind of stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Great. What pays the best is really going to depend. There's mm -hmm. many factors. Corporate yoga can pay very, very well if you get into a corporation that is used to spending a lot of money, then they might, they might give you an hourly rate that is far more than an individual would give you, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I can see a corporation paying $150 for an hour class, right? Mm -hmm. um, most individuals aren't going to go quite that high uh, unless right. maybe you live in like New York or San Francisco or something. Private sessions... Um, can be very rewarding and can be really great for learning as a newer teacher because you can get real-time feedback from your students. Mm. As you teach them, you can ask them questions. Where are you feeling this? How do you feel? You know, and you can get their more honest feedback and their more mm -hmm. honest questions back to you. So there can be more of a dialogue. I think it's a great thing to do 
it can also become a very um, draining thing. First of all, if you're driving to a lot of different locations to teach people in their homes, that can add a kind of a layer of, of chaos. And secondly, if you, if you have clients that are needy people and are using their private yoga sessions as a way to get some of their interpersonal needs met or their, <laughs> it can be, it can be draining. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great idea to teach privates if you're interested in it. Okay. The way that I would structure it uh, for somebody say in your situation is to say, I will do privates on Saturday mornings. I will, okay. I will, I have three spots for privates nine, 10, and 11 on Saturday mornings, find a place that you can rent out and do them back to back and have them come to you. Oh, okay. That's great yeah. advice. Corporate yoga can be a good, solid, steady source of income. Private yoga can, can be the same. And ultimately, the, the two ways that you will make the most income teaching yoga is either one, running your own classes. So a one-to-many, so you are teaching multiple people at once, but you're not getting paid by a studio to do it. And instead you are attracting the people yourself mm -hmm. and you're just paying rent for a space. Okay. Yeah. Or digital, you know, online classes, potentially. Um, that is a, a different can of worms because teaching digitally is different from, you know, teaching online is different from teaching in person and mm -hmm. there's more and more competition with that out there. But as far as like, if you look at the spectrum of, you know, how, how to maximize your income for the amount of time you spend on something, then ultimately online you have a much broader audience and once you have a product that you're selling then potentially you can have thousands of people taking one class from you right so is that like you'd be like i'm about to go on facebook live for a class like jump in or is that like recording like a youtube video like which one are you referring to neither exactly facebook live and you live and youtube videos are usually free okay yeah, so I'm thinking more, th and this would probably be more down the road. I just want to bring it up because you asked about, you know, how, like what are the best ways to earn a living? Mm -hmm. So it would be more like I teach postpartum women how to get back in touch and in love with their bodies through yoga. I have a program and I'm selling a program to a specific person that solves a specific problem. Great. That's really helpful. I like it. And what do you use to do that through? Like what platform would you use? There are a number of online platforms. Um, some that I can think of off the top of my head are Teachable, Thinkorific, and Kajabi. Oh, that's helpful. I didn't even think about the digital online one, which is weird because I do that for my job. <laughs> but it's <laughs> <that's> interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how... First of all, it's just difficult sometimes to turn the lens of your knowledge back in on yourself. And then also, I think sometimes, I think when we take yoga teacher training, teaching yoga is so removed from the context of business mm -hmm. that it becomes counterintuitive to even 
think about it. So you had one more question, right? I would like to talk about a little bit more about like online mark, like marketing your business. I know you are like such an inspiration on what you've like created your empire, just like kind of more like insight on how you kind of got started or how did you like come up, like come up with this idea and just kind of general stuff about that. I'd love to hear that. I got started. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've been teaching yoga for 15 years Mm -hmm. and for, you know, I would say 12 of those years, I was just kind of noodling along, copying what everybody else was doing and not really thinking through a strategy. Mm -hmm. Just imagining that if I was a good teacher, that success would just kind of come knocking on my door. A few years ago, I would say about two and a half years ago, three years ago, I had an opportunity to work with a woman who I now call my fairy godmother business coach. She just posted on a, on an online Facebook group that I was a part of saying something like, I'm a high level business executive and I'm, but my personal life is a mess. I'm going through some huge transitions and I'd like to offer some low cost business coaching with you know no commitment i can't i can't guarantee how long i'll be around but i want to earn a little money and help a few people i was like okay i'll i'll bite i'll take you up on that <laughs> and during our session we we ended up having two sessions and then she kind of just disappeared <laughs> during the first session she pressured me cajoled me and convinced me to take a leap and choose a niche So she asked me, you know, who do you enjoy teaching? What is the context that really lights you up for teaching? And I said, well, you know, honestly, teacher trainings. When I have both that container of a long period of time that I'm working with somebody and they're already really excited about yoga, that's, that is the most fun. Mm -hmm. So I said, I really like working with, you know, yoga teachers and yoga teachers in training. And she was like, great. So stop trying to teach and market towards and, and think about attracting anybody else. That's not to say that other people, people who aren't teachers, aren't going to find you and want to take your classes and, but don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. focus, talk to the teachers and the teachers in training, talk to even in it. So this is what I do even in my public classes. When you come to my public class, you don't know that I'm talking to yoga teachers, but I am, you know, I'm not trying to talk about yoga using language that's appropriate and accessible for somebody who's brand new to yoga. You know, somebody who's brand new to yoga might come to my class, listen to what I'm saying and be like, yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But, but when I look at my room and I'm, and I'm talking to them, especially when I'm talking about the deeper aspects of yoga, the more subtle aspects of yoga, I make eye contact with my teachers in the room Mm -hmm. and that's who I talk to. And I, you know, I look to them, I looked, are they nodding? Are they, you know, like, what's the expression on their face? Right. So um, she also got me started with an email list. And then, like I said, she just kind of 
fluttered away and I took what she had given me and I expanded on it by taking some other online marketing classes. And then I did a project where I had a hundred phone conversations with yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. And most of those yoga teachers I found through the email list that I had built based on what my coach had taught me. My, I call her my coach, my fairy godmother, whatever, <laughs> whoever, whatever she was. And so I had, I had built this over the course of a year or so. I had built a list of about 3,000, 3,500 email li- emails, just yoga teachers. And so mostly through that list, I, I just reached out to that list a few times and I had some online scheduling software and I, I had a hundred conversations and I asked them, what do you want? What do you need? What do you care mm-hmm. about? How can I serve you? And so that's, that's how it all started. Wow. So was it your website? You got your website going and then you got that email list and then you started like blogging and making your podcasts? No, the truth is that I started that website a long time ago and I just didn't have the skills to, to make it big. I would, you know, it was so much work. I would like put a lot of work into it and then I would get Oh, overwhelmed, exhausted, tired, and I would just not be able to look at it for a while. And so because, and, and I had the idea for a while to have other people writing for it. And it just ended up being more work. Like when I would get an article from somebody else, like the amount of work I had to do to that article, I was like, I might as well just write my, you know, like I might as well just have written it myself. Mm-hmm. So, and that wasn't always the case, of course, but, but even just getting, even just getting people to commit to writing it and then having, you know, managing them and all of that. So I I had that, I've probably had that website for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had the, (laughs) but I didn't, I didn't know how to focus on it. I hadn't been given the information, the education to help me understand the power of focus Mm -hmm. and the tools to be able to set myself up to, to have that consistency. And so that's, what's, that's, what's blown everything up is being consistent, frankly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've been, it's been, um, it's been almost a year since I started the, the project of, of talking to a hundred yoga teachers. So we're, we're about out of time. Do you have any final questions or anything that you want to share with me that you feel like came up for you that you want to, you feel inspired that you're going to take action on? Um, I feel very inspired. I'm going to definitely start with Facebook lives. I think that's huge. I'm going to hone in my digital marketing skills to try to leverage my uh, teaching, probably trying to do the the digital online classes, maybe trying to find my niche and in that and how I can help people um, just stand out and then just follow you still and figure out those 100 conversations with teachers and just um, find more inspiration online too, I think. Do you want me to lay out like a little sketch of what I see would be a good way to prioritize your time? Yes, please. So the first thing is to really commit to that practice that we talked about and find some way to be accountable for that practice. So if you have you know, your partner, maybe your, if your partner's super supportive, I don't know, obviously what your relationship is like, what he's like, or she's like, I don't, I don't even know the gender of the person, but 
you know, if you tell them, hey, I'm committing to getting up at six and practicing every single morning, please do not let me get away with not doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That can be really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I would explore what your niche is. There's different ways that you can explore that, but definitely don't think about doing a course until you're really clear what your niche is. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll be like me, you'll be all over the place. Right. (laughs) So, um, but you can use your Facebook lives to, um, to start exploring what your niche is, because what will happen is you put something out there and then you'll get some response. Mm -hmm. And some of that response, you'll be like, whoa, that was unexpected or, oh my God, yes. And now I want to share this about that. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll be like, okay, I obviously didn't quite articulate that clearly. Let me try again this way. Okay. So it'll be like a a conversation with your viewers, your audience, Mm -hmm. and it will help you to start honing your niche. Mm -hmm. At the same time, If your goal is eventually to do digital courses, then you need to also be collecting email addresses. So you need to start, do you have an email list? Um, I do not yet. Okay. And and another thing is that if if you are going to do privates, then that doing those privates can also help you find your niche. Sure. Because what'll happen is that there'll be some people that you'll work with. You'll be like, yes, you, this is what I want to do. And there'll be other people where you're like, no, 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 thanks. <laughs> and it feels valuable to work with. Right. So that's where I would start. I would start with your personal practice and taking at least one class a week. Then I would start exploring what your niche is through dialogue with Facebook lives and private sessions because mm-hmm. you get to have dialogue on both in both of those contexts. Okay. I feel a little bit hesitant to say start your email list because what you don't want is an email list full of people who do not fit in your niche. Right. Cuz that won't be helpful. So that's kind of up to you. I would say that would be if that feels like a fun project and you think you can email them regularly, even before you know what your niche is, you could start it. But I would, I would put these first two as like, definitely the top priority. Okay. Practice and then using dialogue with your students to, to hone in on what your niche is. Perfect. Then phase two, get emails and start that digital course with my niche. Yeah, phase two is gonna is all gonna be hinge on what your niche is. Oh, this is so helpful. Thank you so much for jumping on a call with me today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. It was really fun, and I'm I am looking forward to getting some updates. I would love to hear back from you about how the practice goes specifically. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely will. And then feel free to share some of those Facebook lives on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Usually it's best to do the lives from your page so that they can be public and then just share them into the group. Perfect. Page sharing group. Great. Perfect. Well, thanks again. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Same. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you again to the generous and courageous yoga teachers who participate in these coaching calls. I've had so many listeners reach out to let me know how helpful they are, 
And that would not be possible without the passion and vulnerability that you embody. And thank you also to each of you who listen all the way to the end, and most especially to those of you who leave reviews and who reach out to me to let me know that the podcast has impacted you and helped you. I'm grateful to get to support you and your teaching through the podcast, through workshops, trainings, and one-on-one strategy sessions. If you'd like to find out more about working with me one-on-one, you can do that at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. Until next week, just a friendly reminder to prioritize your personal practice and whatever you do, whatever works for you for self-care so that you have the resources to be able to help others and be there for others. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week.